Welcome to The Audacious Path. My name is Daniela, and you're listening to the one and only podcast that is specifically aimed at adventure creators just like you and me. Every two weeks, I interview other creators in this space so that you can learn from their experience. Today, we're talking with For The Road Travels. They're a Mexican and South African couple who are traveling around Mexico and then providing tips and tricks through their YouTube videos. Now, I met Simone and Giovanni about two years ago. We did a collaboration together. And what stands out to me is that while they haven't grown super fast, they have been very, very consistent. And now they're about to hit 10,000 subscribers. In my conversation with Simone and Giovanni, we talked about whether or not it's worth it to invest in a course to learn YouTube. I think investing in courses in, in courses that align with you, it cuts down your learning time. How to get brand and partnership deals. Ever since then, Ever since then yeah, we, we know how to, how to pitch to brands, to hotels. And we ended on what's the mindset of a successful influencer. There's a lot of work that needs to be done in the background, in your, in your headspace, to make it to you know, that level of success that you probably aspire to. You can find them on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at For The Road Travels. And I would absolutely love to hear what you think of this episode as you listen along. You can tag me on Facebook or Instagram at The Audacious Path. And let's talk to Simone Giovanni. What mm-hmm. inspired you guys to start your channel? Like, what was the journey to get there? Well, it definitely wasn't anything that was planned out at all. What had happened is we were both working in hospitality. That's all we had ever done in our lives. We were working in a hotel. And then the panini hit. I don't want to say the word because, you know, um, and we kind of had to make a choice whether we were going to stick it out on the island. But I knew that we we would have eventually lost our jobs. So we had we decided, you know what, it's it's yeah. our time to leave and come to Mexico. Well, it, it was even South Africa or Mexico, mm-hmm. but because of the, the time. The well, time that we had time, available, yeah, it, it had Mexico, to be Mexico, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then when we got here, we we were like, well, we definitely don't want to work in hospitality anymore. Um, there's not a lot of job uh, opportunity right now. Let's maybe try to teach English online. We sat around for about three months, not loving that process of getting that those qualifications. And then we also had a lot of challenges with our passports. I mean, Giovanni's not a first language English speaker, and a lot of the big companies don't consider South Africans as first language English speakers, even though it's the only language I speak. So we're like, you know what, maybe this is not the not the correct path for us. And during that time, we started watching travel vlogs, which is not something we had ever done before. Yeah. I don't know why we just started watching travel vlogs. Um, and then there was a creator who did a very beautiful video. I don't even remember what it was about exactly. And at the end, he, he was announcing the launch of his course where he was explaining he started with a GoPro and now he's making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. So we literally bought that course that evening. Yeah. And started YouTube the next day. Yeah. So really nothing was super planned out. It was just a very spontaneous yeah. decision. And, and once we started, uh, once we got that, uh, we bought that course, we we start filming our things in the, like, the next week. Yes, yeah. And we start to put the videos. Yeah. Next, next Who was the yeah, course? Yeah, definitely was. Oh, with Christian LeBlanc. Oh, okay. I know, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's just, uh, I feel like it was just... Um, it was meant to be. Like, it was meant to be, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know be? a lot of people plan it out and save and, you know, they, they know that they're going to do it, but for us, it wasn't like that at all. Do you think that it's worth it? Like, if someone was thinking about starting from scratch, do you think that signing up for a course was a good direction to go if someone wanted to start this? If you want to start whatever i mean doesn't have to be only like travel channels or whatever content creation like the learning curve it's like shortened 
definitely. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I think I think investing in courses in in courses that align with you, it cuts down your learning time by at least a half. You know, you're you're learning from people who've already been there, they've already made the mistakes. So I think in terms of seeing quicker success, investing in courses is totally worth it. And that's yeah. not the first course, the, the only course that yeah. we ever invested in. You know, throughout our journey, we've we we are committed to continual learning because when you're learning from people who are already doing the thing that you want to do, I, I really feel like your 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 journey your is easier because you've already you're getting information from people who've already been through the, the struggles and the hassles that you are inevitably going to experience. What were some hurdles that you had to overcome to start this? Did you, or how did your family feel about it? Were they approving? Like how was getting equipment, stuff like that? Like what were the key hurdles you remember? My family doesn't approve of this still. <laughs> they think it's a joke. <laughs> so that's, but I think that's just saying to each other you know this is our dream this is what feels right for us what we were doing in the past was not right for us and it was very obvious for us so now that we're doing something that we actually genuinely love and we're excited about you know you've just got to learn to block out those external those external voices because at the end of the day they don't it's not their dream it's not lives it's our life our lives and we just had to yeah just you know get very confident in the fact that we are pursuing something that feels right with us and external voices that contradict what we're trying to do don't matter and for yeah. whomever is listening this like youtube or content creation is a full-time job if like even if you do it as a part-time it takes so many hours research like it takes it, a big investment it, yeah yeah it, content creation is one of the most expensive niches to get into because i mean you've got to fund your travels luckily in the beginning we got a bit of a payout from leaving our jobs so that's what we were using to you know invest in our in the first bit of equipment and everything luckily we had that yeah um i'm, I'm based on like this um content creation course also they give you like oh you kind of start with you can start with a phone, you can start with an action camera, you can start with minimal equipment and then start upgrading as as you grow as a content creator. Yes, yeah. But aside from that, I think something that I personally have struggled with, especially in the beginning, is a lack of confidence. A lack of confidence in the way that I, that I speak, the way that I look, the way that I come across on camera. There were, there were a lot of personal insecurities that I've had to like overcome to be more confident on camera I think speaking to an inanimate object definitely takes takes a lot of learning and yeah a lot of persistence when you record yourself and then you listen yourself and it's like oh my god that's how I that's how I um, like people listen to me like that's my voice and then you are I don't know and then you start getting that, that insecurity but it just video after video is where you start learning like I mean it's my voice it's it's how I am to become more accepting of yourself I think I'm curious how you guys chose your direction right so you had two countries that you could have gone to why did you choose Mexico and how did you choose like the format of things because you guys are very much it seems to me at least having watched your channel especially as it's evolved over the years that I would go to your channel if I am specifically wanting to travel Mexico, whereas some channels it's more about like that lifestyle or experience. So how did you choose where and how you portrayed yourself? Well, in terms of moving to Mexico over South Africa, we literally had four days like before the Cayman Islands was closing. Um, I could go to Mexico because I had a US visa. I was automatically allowed to fly through the States and fly to Mexico 
it's just, it was just a short flight. We had to consider Ted as well. Um, we didn't want to have to put him on a long haul flight. Giovanni would have needed a visa for South Africa, which would have only lasted six months. And then after that, it's a whole process. Yeah. Plus, I don't want to live in South Africa. And after Giovanni experienced it, he doesn't want to live there either. So I think once we landed in Mexico and decided we were going to be travel YouTubers, I think something that we established very early on is that we don't want to just make videos that are kind of like vanity projects. We want to make videos where people can watch them and be like, wow, that's all the information I needed to travel Playa.com. And we wanted to make videos that were very helpful for people. We didn't want to just make videos like, look at us, look at us. We yeah. wanted people to get value from our videos. So I think that's how we just kind of naturally and organically fell into like the the travel guide aspects of what we do because we really like to provide that value. Mm. And then, yeah, Mexico, it started off with us saying, well, let's just do Mexico because we it was right at the beginning of the of the pandemic. the pandemic. So like we can't travel internationally. So why don't we just focus on Mexico for now? And then, you know, we ended I ended up falling in love with Mexico and Giovanni and I were like, you know what? We don't want to travel so much internationally right now. We'd rather lay down some roots. Um, so why don't we just do Mexico? So it just kind of naturally evolved into what we do now. Yeah, for me it's like I always have the the, the thought of traveling abroad and it was was a dream of of mine uh i visited some countries but, but i always when i was here I, I say to myself i i want to explore my own country my own country is as huge as, as the united states canada and um, where you have different types of terrains and people doesn't local people doesn't even know that they have um desert in the north or other type of ocean in the in the west so uh I'm I'm amazed how the Mexican culture is and how diverse it is. And I say to myself, like, before keep exploring abroad, I really like to explore more of my country because I'm very proud of it. And being with someone who is not from here and how she 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 gets amazed by by our culture, by our traditions, and everything that it, it even inspires me more to be traveling my own country. So. I really like what you guys said about um, adding value because that's one of the things I've been exploring lately and doing a lot of research about. And one of the most interesting things is if you want to be like a pure vlogger where you just want to um, be someone who's showing off your life and that's it, there's really like a formula that you need to get all of the boxes checked or as many as possible to be able to fit in that formula. And it typically includes like... Um, looking or having things that people would dream of having like good looks a good boat good equipment stuff like that and very rarely do you see someone who can make it in this the pure vlogging uh sphere unless they have all of those boxes ticked. Wow. now there's always exceptions everyone will show an exception I'm like okay yeah there's an exception whatever but i found that in my research that if you want to make it on youtube and you don't have all those boxes ticked thinking about value add is like the best way to be successful so um you're yeah. nodding sounds like you agree oh absolutely i think i think something that's so rewarding as content creators ourselves is having a person watch our travel guide to mexico city and getting to the end of that vlog and being like wow that was a really good 20 minutes of my life i know so much more than what I knew going into the video. I can now go to Mexico City and I'm going to know how to use the transportation system. I'm going to know 
um, that I mustn't miss out on the Eskino yeah. that you like You know, I, yeah. I think, and also us receiving those kinds of comments where people have, have said, wow, guys, like I literally didn't have to watch another video because you guys explained it all. I think that feeling that people get, or that the viewers get, where they, they spent that 20 minutes wisely by learning a lot from our videos, I think that's that's not just beneficial for the viewer, but for the growth channel as well. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that I think it seems like a much easier niche to do well in when you're doing the lifestyle stuff. But I agree with you. I, there's a lady that I watch because she lives in Disney and she's got this beautiful Disney mansion and they go on these Disney cruises. If she was just living, you know, like a normal life like our lives, I probably wouldn't watch her. So I totally agree with you. You need to have all those boxes checked if you want to be able to just purely do like the vlogging, follow my life thing. Yeah. And we don't tick those boxes. So. Yeah. And how has the value that you've added or like what you've chosen to include um, uh, evolved from the beginning to now? I think just thinking in the shoes of someone who's never traveled to the destination before. I think for Giovanni, like for him, the public transportation, for example, and I think it's, it's advantageous that he's from here and I'm not from here. Yeah. You know, for him, something like the public transportation, it's, it's, he doesn't even have to think about it. It's just natural. So I think maybe in the beginning we were overlooking sharing those kinds of details because it was just natural for Giovanni and I was just following along. But I think we've kind of changed up our um, sharing strategy by looking at it and saying, hey, well, I don't actually understand how the, the transportation works. So why don't you take this as an opportunity to explain what you know? So I yeah. think just more thinking in the the way that someone who has never traveled to Mexico before thinking how they would be thinking and sharing yeah. a quote to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she says like sometimes uh, uh, she's probably recording something or doing some B-roll and, and I was like, why are you doing that? But for me, something that is normal and then her her input in, in into the video is like, oh, well, that, that makes sense. Like if I want to go to, I don't know, San Francisco and I want to know how those places look or whatever thing that you want to do you would like to know how what the locals do or mm -hmm. how, how, how how the locals do it yeah yeah so how do you guys decide on where you're going okay so this is so this has evolved um so much <laughs> so we've got our you know our catchphrase of, of of us wanting to visit all 32 states of mexico and that's still and at the beginning, we we were like, you know what, if we're going to go to the states of Yucatan, we're going to go to the big spot, like uh, there's a city called Merida. But then we're also going to go to Cisal, which is a tiny little fishing village. And we're going to make a whole video on that. And we have learned that it doesn't, in terms of spending our money and our time as wisely as possible to grow our YouTube channel, we kind of need to neglect those tiny little towns for now because there's no one's actually searching them and we don't have a big enough loyal audience to watch just anything that we put out. So it's it evolved from us just doing every, going to every single place that we want to go to, to going to the places that are- Search, are, high search volume. Yeah, have very high search volume. It's fascinating to me that you went through that change because I'm kind of going through that change right now as well, where like I'm almost like following the keywords. And I remember when I first started learning YouTube, and I'm curious if you guys had a similar experience, that I learned that like there's the browse way to grow where you go viral or there's the search way to go viral. 
and or to grow your channel. And everyone said, like, try to go for browse, go to browse because that's the fastest way to grow. You'll when you blow up, you blow up. But the more I get into YouTube, I think that's not something that's realistic for most people. And I think targeting keywords actually is the better way to grow. What do you guys think? I, I totally agree. And I also think if you are specifically targeting highly searched keywords, that's going to pay off in the long run. One of our best performing videos is still one of our, which we released two years ago, is still one of our best performing videos because it is so highly searched. And I think that happens, you know, with, with our videos that we made on those like smaller towns, even if it was maybe like a little bit of a controversial video. The, those die off that's what we found those on, those might perform for a month two months three months and then they kind of die off but the ones that are specifically made around these highly searched keywords the, the longevity of the video is much longer and therefore your ability to attract more subscribers followers is greater i believe unless there is no competition if you were to go to a place where there's no competition and has high search volume you make a good video with like good thumbnail and title, you would probably have that video perform well. However, in like well-searched keywords, as well as places where everyone comes and makes some sort of content, it's where it's, it's hard sometimes. Yeah. So you, you choose your place based on what's highly searched. And then what's the next part in your research? What else are you looking at? So I think um, when we choose, because we already have a pretty structured way of doing our travel blogs. So now what we'll do is say, for example, we want to go to Tulum, right? So looking in, in the, in, what do we use? TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy, looking in TubeBuddy. There, there's a ton of competition there. And we go kind of briefly have a look at what, what titles people are using, what the theme of their video is. We never actually watch the video. We'll get to that. But we look at their titles and if everyone's making um, the best guide to Tulum and this is the most complete guide to Tulum, we try to steer away okay. from that to be different. So like I'll just use the example of our most recent Tulum video. Um, we titled it, it um, Tulum is not what you see on Instagram. You know, firstly to stand out, secondly to be a little bit controversial, but then also aside from that, we we felt like we could add value in kind of sharing the other side of Tulum that other people are not sharing because we know Tulum well. So once we've now established what our keyword and our title is, we also think about what the what the thumbnail is going to be. Mm -hmm. So those are the, the first three things that we do. So we never go anymore. We don't do it anymore. We don't film a video unless we know what the title and the thumbnail is. Um, yeah, because absolutely. then from there... Now we know, okay, Tulum, this Tulum video, we're going to title it, Tulum is not what you see on Instagram. So now we can organically integrate that that kind of like phrase into our intro um, so that people know that, oh, I clicked on this video and this is actually what the video is going to be yeah. about. And then throughout the video, because we know what the theme of the video is and we know what the title is, you, you know, up. we're hitting those points that are kind of, um, what's the word? I want to speak um like align with your title and thumbnail yes. so you 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 create the content to if someone clicks on your video it's not like that bad clickbait and say oh i just waste my time there i haven't even spoke about why is not what is why tulum is not the same as in instagram so you go and you you go and like you wrap your your video idea with the title yes. with the thumbnail so just to make to make to make sure that the, the your viewer, potential subscriber, and potential loyal follower 
um, don't click off after yeah. the few minutes because, because they're, they're getting what they clicked on basically because yeah. you know we've all watched those youtube videos that have the shocking title and shocking thumbnail and you're three minutes into the video and you're like that's not what i clicked on is it so i think that's very that that strategy of making sure that our title thumbnail and theme of our video and the key points that we're talking about in our video making sure that that is all a a package it all makes sense together is also what's helped us drastically increase our watch time yeah yeah. So yeah. those are the most important things to focus yeah. on. And then we make sure that our research is done so that we never arrive in a destination saying, oh, I wonder why that's there. You know, like yeah. we, we know we've got a good idea about the destination. Yeah. And what is your amount of time you spare, uh, spend preparing as compared to the rest of the process where you're filming and editing? Very long. That's a very long. If, you, if we're not including our collaborations, you know, if we're if we're not working with a tour company or a hotel or anything, if it's just kind of like us going solo, I wouldn't say more than an hour, an hour and a half. We really don't spend too much time on that because we know exactly what we're looking yeah. for. I think because of the practice, you know, at first we didn't know how to write titles and we didn't know how to make thumbnails and whatever. So, you know, I think just the practice over the last three years means that we now can yeah. put it together pretty quickly. I would I would say it's never more than an hour and a half at uh, the most. And we don't want to overstress ourselves on like trying to find the best like like how can we uh, make it like the best video. At the end of the day, one of the things with travel content creation it's it's unpredictable. Sometimes you can yeah. say I'm going to swim with um with well yesterday with, for yeah, example <laughs> swim with the whale sharks like what happened with us yesterday we didn't see a single whale shark so what can we do now yeah all you're planning it can pretty much it's wasted yeah but i mean you still have to think about how can we make this video better are we going to come back how can we make you know all of these things that you know like you cannot spend like two to three hours uh, working on your pre-planning stuff um because yeah, I think, yeah, just our experience with travel in general, you know, it's pretty unpredictable. Things change, you know, you plan to go to a museum on Monday morning and then you get there and it's closed. But you've got to, you've got to keep your, your mind open and just, you know, have a plan B. So, and you mentioned, Simone, that you guys don't watch the videos of the other competitors. I'm super curious about that. For the first, I'd say, year and a half, we were watching a lot of other travel vlogs specifically in our niche. But something that I found is that I was noticing specifically in our niche that the, the channels were starting to like sound the same and look the same and the videos were starting to feel very much similar. And then, you know, we would go film something and then we would be standing in front of a lighthouse and I'd be wanting to say something and then I'd be like, no, but they already said it. You know, so it was really, it was really impacting the way that I was able to, both of us were yeah. able to show up filming as well as in the editing process because we didn't want to be a copy of so and so and so and so so literally about a year and a half ago we said no more no more and we literally do not watch travel vlogs anymore and i think that has been the key in us being able to craft our own voice and a brand that is unique and a brand that stands out because we literally don't know what anyone else is doing i mean other yeah. than in our analytics seeing people's titles and thumbnails i mean you know you can't avoid that but we don't watch the videos and it's not it's not out of like jealousy or anything like that. It's just us saying, you know, we want to develop our own voice. And the only way that I feel like we can do that is if the noise of everyone else is not in our heads anymore. Yeah, yeah. because somehow you get, you get influenced by what they are doing and if you want to take it or not. And probably you are um, skipping some of 
some areas or some talking points because you are afraid like okay someone has watched them and then they watch you and then it's like oh it's the same copy of we try to as Simon says create our own voice create like our own distincting um feature in our channel that yeah. that it's we go based on 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 our experience it's like we are not going based on someone else's experience we um we get information on what is in in the websites or in like the official websites of the of the town or the city mm-hmm. and based on that we go, oh these are the highlights spots from from the town of Tulum and then we try to hit them and say uh, and whatever happened during 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 the journey is what we share instead of just following what someone has said like oh no we have to go to a b c and d because these people in our channel has done it as well like no let's let's do the same no i i think it's just also to try to to create your own voice and show yeah. you rea- like wh- your experience can be completely different than the other people that that's doing the same video idea but probably they like the place where they went but we go and just because they they, they like it we're gonna say we like it mm-hmm. i don't think so I, I sometimes there are things like personally we don't like we don't like there's people raving about this this place but we do not like it personally but i think it's it's how we create our our own voice in that yeah yeah and allowing people the ability to make their own decisions so yeah i feel that yeah so if we need to do research on a specific place we typically go to blogs and spanish spanish blogs in particular yeah i think i'm going to take up this this is a good idea you mentioned by the way that you guys have done some branding what kind of branding process have you gone through and how did you guys make those decisions um (laughs) i'm kind of like the branding person yeah she's there um i wanted to have i think i don't know where i got it from but i i really felt like you know i'm not sure if you've heard of nicholas crystal Uh, yeah yeah yeah. so you know he got super huge super quickly and he had the the yellow and black mm-hmm. um thumbnails and then he carried that over into the actual vi- visuals of his video and as soon as he blew up I noticed that everyone else then had the black and the yellow you know that just became and then it, you know just watered it down for everyone so I, I sat around for a while and I thought you know I I really love how he created such a strong brand um and I took the inspiration of using choosing a color. So that's where the, the pink comes from because I hadn't ever seen anyone using like bright pink for it, at least yeah. in the travel in at least in the travel niche. So tied to to one of the Mexican colors. As yes, well. yeah. Like so in terms of like pastel, it's very popular in, in the Mexican culture. As yes, well. yeah. So yeah, we we used Mexico to inspire our main theme color that we chose. And then we also wanted our font to be the same. So you'll notice that the fonts that we use on our thumbnails is the exact same font that we use in our videos. So it like all feels like tied together. It feels like a package. Cohesive, yeah. Cohesive, yeah. that's the word. Um, yeah, I really love the branding aspects of it. But I initially got the inspiration from Nicholas Crystal, used where he specifically chose a color. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also got inspired by everyone copying him to do something different, very different to anything that we had seen before this makes me think um i did um so i'm in this creator community with jay klaus and he runs um a podcast called the creator elements and it's aimed at creators overall not just youtubers and i'm i think i'm like the only adventure vlogger in there which is a bit disappointing but it's really interesting being surrounded by a bunch of other people 
And there's this one lady in the community, um, Holly, I believe her name is, and she runs a branding agency called Maker and Moxie, specifically aimed at creators and a lot of YouTubers. And she sent me this guide, which I highly recommend looking at. But going through that branding process, I think is like probably the single most important thing that I've done this year. And it, it it's really funny because like a good solid two or three weeks was spent just on like belief work behind your oh, channel yeah. and what you're like what are your goals and what do you want to get out of this and what are your values and what are like some things you're going to have in every single episode and stuff like that and anyone who's listening I highly recommend going through something like that before you get into you know right. your and you're Absolutely. nodding too so I can see you guys probably did that with your course as well right Actually, there's a book um, that was gifted to me by a friend long ago, long before we started YouTube, and it's called Steal Like an Artist. And that's um, talking about how to be a creator who doesn't, uh, that book specifically talk, spoke about ignoring the people in your own niche and going and finding inspiration in completely um, unexpected places. So like we said, we don't watch travel YouTubers at all. But I watch a lot of like vegan cooking shows and spirituality stuff and personal developments. And, you know, I'll find things here and there in in all of these videos and we will change it and adapt it to fit into our channel, you know. So we're creating something that's everything is inspired. Nothing is a completely unique idea. That's something that that book spoke about as well. So, you know, everything comes from inspiration from something but we just like to pull from outside sources. And then also I love how you touched on like what the mentality is behind your channel as well, because that's not something that's tangible. It's not something that you can see, but it's something that you can feel. So like having a, a mission and a mission statement, it's it's so important to make your brand recognizable yeah, and uh, memorable. And we, um, we, we experienced that in the content creation, like, either like this YouTube or blogs or any other social media, it 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 becomes like a copy like a copy of everything. Everyone is kind of copying and copying instead of developing like their own unique like voice. colors, voice, like your own brand. I think that everyone say, oh that person is successful what she was saying about Nicholas Crystal. And everyone was using the the, the way how he, he was presenting his videos. And if you click on each and every one of those videos that have the same like colors probably gonna have even the same the same thematic of yeah of the of all of the people who are doing some sort of content similar to them yeah i think if you take the time to really you know like you said like have your mission statements and your brand values and what what is the core core reason for you having a channel i think the people that take the time to do that are the ones in the long run that end up making a, a real impact I don't know why this makes me yeah. think of this but when I first started I'm sure you guys have done the same thing but when I first started like thinking about doing YouTube um, I was watching every possible video on how to grow a YouTube channel out there like every big channel I was doing so much research I still really do learn constantly to be fair but one of the reasons I started this podcast was because like there really was or is no resources out there that are free at least that are aimed at adventure channels or travel channels or sailing channels. There's like nothing. It is all based on like how to or education. And I was like, yeah. what the I heck? How come nobody's saying. done this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that you're saying that because we yeah. have said that to each other again and again and again. You can watch these types of videos, how to grow your channel until you blow in the face, but none of them are focused on 
on adventure travel or travel at all. So I love that you're doing this. You're filling a very needed gap in the market, which is definitely something we've noticed for sure. If you're enjoying this podcast episode, then I also recommend that you sign up for my newsletter where every two weeks in seven minutes or less, I share research-backed and tested tips and tricks for how to grow your adventure creator business. So I teach you how to design your channel, how to build a brand around it, how to storytell, how to do thumbnail design, how to build income, and much, much more. Subscribe and join the fast-growing list of other creators who are building their sustainable adventure creator business. What advice have you heard that you now realize like doesn't apply i've heard other content creators say look at your your niche see what's working and copy it i've literally heard big creators say that before and i i couldn't disagree more um and that goes back to you developing your own voice and creating a brand that is unique and has a unique voice and a unique story so i personally think that that's very bad advice um what else I think, like you said, a lot of I think a lot of content creation comes down to your mindset, and I think as small content creators, we were looking, and this is no shade on Christian LeBlanc, but it seems like he grew up in a pretty affluent kind of environment. You know, he probably grew up with a very different mentality to what we did. So you know, I feel like when someone who grows up in that very loving, supportive, um economically stable environment they already have a a more advantageous mindset when it comes to making money and running a business and I feel like as people who don't come from that background you look at them and say oh they just did it and they just became successful and we didn't realize until now that we've got a lot of things to heal from our past and from our childhoods that that person probably didn't have to do so we can't expect the same results in the same amount of time because they have they're coming from a completely different place I think that yeah as looking at big creators who come from pretty stable backgrounds and us expecting to be in the same place as them in the same amount of time is a mistake we made in the beginning because we didn't realize how much our past affects the way we think and you're the way we manage my language and, you're speaking my language yeah. I actually just interviewed um I have a like a life coach that um I we swap like an hour and she gives me some advice and I asked her to be on my podcast because I was like well my overall goal is to help adventure creatives and one of the things that I wanted to hear from her was like well how does you know being a life coach how can you protect your creativity because there is like some protection that you need to do of your mm-hmm. creativity and one of the points we um we we touched on was limiting beliefs. And and I remember she was talking about it and I was like, oh my God, like I could it just resonates with me. I feel it. Like to have yeah. limiting beliefs. And then of course, like if your family doesn't support you, they think it's a joke. Like I remember being told that this was a hobby. And I was like, please stop calling this a hobby. This is not a hobby. I literally spend like 50 hours a week on this. It's not a hobby. But everyone's yeah. got these limiting beliefs around, or if people do, then it like it can. You're right; it can have a huge impact on how, um, how much of yourself you're willing to put into it. To be honest, yeah. yeah. And also, it comes down to your belief in yourself. If like, like I grew up in not the most stable environment, and I've had to do a lot of work on myself to overcome those limiting beliefs that I picked up from childhood. And it's very easy as a small creator to compare yourself to 
Molly from Chicago, who grew up in a very healthy environment, who already has very healthy coping mechanisms and has got all this crazy self-belief and, you know, confidence in themselves because of the, of the environment they grew up in. And then comparing their success to you yeah. still staying in the same place and not realizing that a lot of it is co comes down to your mindset and the way you think about things and the way you were conditioned and yeah. breaking through those things. Yeah, I think yeah. that's where a lot of content creators go wrong is not realizing that a lot of it comes down to your conditioning and having to break through all of that. There's a lot of work that needs to be done in the background in your in yeah. your headspace to make it to, you know, that level of success that you probably aspire to. Yeah. Yeah. And then also the I think it comes with the comparison with other people in your niche when someone comes and start doing the same type of videos as you and then they start getting more um more results or more success also everyone's on a different journey exactly yeah, like you cannot go. compare i think it's so it's something we can give us a piece of advice is never 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 compare yourself with whomever is in your niche or whom whomever you actually even admire yeah because you are in a completely different journey as yeah. simon says uh, upbringing has a plays a huge role as well as um, uh, other factors that are, are there when you are in like the same pot and then you try to be different than the other, but but they are creating similar content as you and then you see them successful and, and more success and success and you still like being like this and not, not having that spike. Sometimes it's very like demotivating. It can be very demotivating. Yeah, yes. and then... But I think understanding that everyone is on their own journey. Literally, everyone has got their own story. Everyone comes from different backgrounds. Everyone is aspiring to different things. Maybe because you're in the same niche as someone, you think that they've got the same dreams and goals as what you do, but they probably yeah. don't. It's probably very different. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think it's very difficult to not compare, but I think just understanding that everyone is on their own journey. Yeah. The other thing that I've realized is that sometimes the advice that was given, um, people don't realize that, how you grow is different depending on how big you are. And you made a note of this already when you said that like right now we're targeting like the big keywords. We're not doing the small towns because they're not searched as much. And it sounds like you like, have you experienced that as well? Where like, you know, there's, you have to, there's a different way to grow when you're small. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah you, I, I would love for us to be able to just do the little towns and all the things that we want to do, which we did in the beginning. But if we, you know, at the end of the day, this is also a business we don't have unlimited time and money to pour into little videos that might get two, 300 views, you know? Um, so right now coming from a business standpoint, yeah, it's, it's just something that it's a shift that we have to make. But when we do have a more loyal audience, we'd love to go back to doing more of what we actually would really like to do. But yeah, coming from a business standpoint, it was a necessary decision to make. What kind of um, learning have you guys done in the on the business side of things? Because one of the things that I think has really changed for me is reading like business entrepreneur books. And one of them that sticks oh, out to me the most is E-Myth by Michael E. Gerber. And he says that oftentimes small business owners get caught up in being what he calls the technician. And it's the person who is constantly doing, they're constantly filming and they're making videos and stuff like that. 
But like, if you really want your business to be successful, you need two other roles in yourself. And one is a manager who like makes you do the things you don't want to do. And the other one is an entrepreneur who zooms out and takes like a vision and like has the ideas and like, like really like sees how big your business could be. But a lot of people get caught up in that technician side of things. So I'm curious, like, what have you done to in that learning space? And what are some like business lessons that you've learned? Firstly, we when we first started YouTube, you know, we we had never been self-employed. We I always dreamed of doing something big, but you know, we had only ever been minimum wage employees, more or less, you know. So it was a very big mind shift, um, mindset shift that we had to make, just you know, starting off with our YouTube channel. And then when we started our YouTube channel, our thoughts, I think that we thought that, you know, if we just keep on doing this, we will blow up and we will it will all just work out. Um, and now three years into it, I think about two, two years yeah. into it, we we sat we sat down and we said, you know, we can't just rely on YouTube and hopefully going viral one day. If we want to make this something that is going to be um, sustainable for the next 10, 15, 20 years, I don't know however long we might want to do this, which I think would be forever, yeah. <laughs> we've got to um, start focusing on putting our eggs in more baskets than just YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I think from that, we've had to, like, what I mentioned earlier about us last year, um, kind of just taking a bit of a break after I got so sick and um, we took a big break and we, we kind of zoomed out and we said, we don't want, we established what we want firstly. So we don't want to be full-time travelers. We want to be able to incorporate a little bit of a lifestyle element in there so that we are able to be at home more often so that we can live on more of a routine we were able to work out and eat healthy every single day mostly so number one then number two we thought you know what value are we able to provide for our audience outside of youtube um and that we can't officially announce what we're doing but we're working on a lot of stuff in the background Mm -hmm. right now that should be launching starting august august october and then again in november we've got some really huge projects that we've been working really hard on but in order to get to a headspace to even have the inspiration to create the things that we will be releasing we have to take a step back and realize that that youtube is not the all and end all and we cannot just continue our journey hoping that one day a video will go viral we have to make this happen for ourselves instead of just relying on on YouTube. YouTube can just be an element of our business, but it cannot be our entire business. And I think yeah. that's... Yeah. And you, um, something that we actually were discussing uh, earlier, it, it was also getting into... Once you are finding, because we found like a passion on, on, on doing YouTube, but the real passion was doing videos, photography. It's some um, professional skills that is giving you an option to do also doing side side gigs. Yes. So you can do other things not other than the, just doing YouTube. You can um, hotel hotel photography. We we collaborate with a hotel and we stay there. We create content around the hotel and then we took some pictures. We approached them and we sold them. So it's it's yeah. an extra source of income as well by you doing something that you love and at the same time it's um it, you are doing something like you, you're getting a professional skill yes yeah mm. so yeah i think the, the first two years of this this but this business it is a business, it is a business. we were kind of like 
just doing doing YouTube thinking, oh, it's fine. You know, one day it will go viral. But that break that we took at the end of last year, that's where we kind of were like very serious. Okay, now we actually have to do the things. Like yeah. we have to yeah. keep track of our finances. We have to monitor how much it actually costs us to make YouTube videos. We have to now step into the role of being business owners if we want to see success in this. Yeah. I think that's the big change we made at the end of last year. And that's why in the next few months, I think yeah, things are going to change a lot for our business because yeah. we've taken that time to think, you know, what additional value can we add to people's lives outside of YouTube? Oh, you guys have me all excited because this is like, pretty much everything that I'm teaching right now like so you guys know that I'm making a course right yes I basically tried everything last year it was like one of the best years because I, I think like one of the things that I, I love about my my journey is that um, it has been a struggle and I think that struggle is in itself what will help me be able to pass things on but I oh, accidentally yes. ran across this guy creator elements um, I forget his name but he used to work at YouTube and he has seen all of the stats he knows everything about like what makes you successful and not successful and he made this video once and he was like, look, there's an average lifespan between like people who join YouTube. They, it's three to five years. That's your life of YouTube. Like people die after five years. And the channels that make it longer than that and they go on a little bit longer or actually a lot longer, I think it was like 15 years, something crazy. They tend to have their YouTube channel is not their source of income. Their YouTube channel is to pull people into their source of income, which yes. would be yeah. some yeah. kind of online product. Yeah. And he was like, exactly. people who are like thinking of YouTube, they're going to go viral and they're going to create, you know, all these videos that are going like, to be their income forever. Like, you know how like in my sector, it's SV Delos, like their entire income is patron. They've been pretty open and honest about that. Like that is a rare flower. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah. I think there's so much beauty in struggle because our journey has also been so intensely difficult in so many ways. And I think that's what creates a strong, a strong entrepreneur that is able to adapt and change and recognize when to give up on something and when to when to pursue something new, which is exactly what you've done. I think, you know, when you when you stay in that like small mindset, you you like you keep pushing, keep pushing, but sometimes you've got to realize what's working for you and what's not working for you, what feels right and what doesn't feel right, and then have the courage to make those changes. But yeah. like, and also like you said, I think with us relying so heavily on YouTube in the beginning, you've got the, all this pressure, this pressure, like this video has to go viral. It has to go viral. And if it doesn't, we're screwed. You know, when you're creating a business where YouTube's just kind of like your marketing of your business, then there's a, the, the pressure comes off and yeah. there's not that much pressure in each and every video. You're not relying on it going viral. You're just, you know, putting out a good product, knowing that that's going to feed your other sources of income. Yeah. I think that's a good way to run a YouTube business. Yeah, and uh, and also, um, as you might might know, like travel content creation is time consuming and you spend and costly. And costly. It's quite. We once were watching a lady who was all about like Instagram growth and things like that, and she was like, "I just finished my." my day i just shoot 10 videos and it was like oh 10 videos it would be for us now like probably six months and she did it in one day it, it comes with that like travel content creation takes so much from from you that how can you manage like to to be consistent when when you like you don't know if the video is going to perform um how much you have to budget that video or try to get collaborations to make it happen and 
it takes takes a lot from you when it comes to like your uh, mental health, your physical health, and everything else. Like it's 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 actually it's it's quite hard sometimes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. How do you guys view trends? To be honest, <laughs> we don't really keep up with trends at okay. all. We we did give um the short form content thing a, a crack. Um, and it worked out all right, but in all honesty, we don't particularly love uh, creating short form content. We were just kind of doing it because we felt like we had to do it to stay on trend. I think I think that experience, I don't know, to be honest, yeah. we don't really follow trends. We just kind of go more with what actually feels right to us, because I think when we're doing things that feel right to us, that's when the stuff performs yeah. well. When we're doing things like short form content that we feel like we have to do so we don't get left behind, that's yeah. when it's more coming from like a forced place and it's not as enjoyable. So when it comes to trends personally, I, yeah. I don't really. And when it comes to YouTube shorts, um, the conversion rate from from shorts to uh, to our long form videos are... It's, it's very minimal. It's very minimal. Yeah. I think we want to get back to shorts and sharing more like very raw stuff instead. We were creating more like a short guides and, and things like that, but... It was taking so long for us to create those things yeah. in order to make them to to at least to perform better, and we yeah we didn't think, enjoy that much. I think we're gonna get back to that after we are um with the projects we are working in in the back burner, and we wanna create more shorts in in like more raw, more like our lifestyle here in Mexico. Yeah, and I think that's why branding is so important. Um, one of the things that the the guide again, my maker Moxie, I want to quote her because she's so like her our guide is so good, and I totally can send the link if you're curious. But she says that rather than just like jumping on things because like shorts will help you grow, she's like always refer back to like your goals of like okay, so for example, for me, I want to sell a course. Like, how is selling a course um connected to shorts what's the type of person who will watch a short do they have the income to buy my course and she's like ask yourself a series of questions because one of the biggest issues with content creation is that like we're like anytime there's a new feature everyone's told to jump on it right away so how do you make sure you stay focused because your time is finite right so you have to like learn to almost like tune out and put some blinders on and just stay focused on your goals but that's impossible if you haven't done the branding and developed your goals in the first place that's true. I love that you said that. That's yeah. so true. Because if you've got if you've got your own your own mission, values, goals, you're not searching for it externally by jumping on all these trends. Yeah. I, I feel like there's less of like um this 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 FOMO of not jumping on that because you you know what you stand for, you know what your goals are, you know what your demographic is, you know what your audience is looking for. So there's less pressure to jump on all these yeah. trends. What about collaborations? You've mentioned collaborations several times and it sounds like collaborations for you isn't necessarily with other YouTubers, but like with uh, brands that are offering something that's in the travel space. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Um, I would say uh, getting back to the point of invest, investing for a course, um, we when we started this course with um, Christian LeBlanc, he briefly talks about collaborations and kind of shows you how to do them. We, we were actually struggling and we were like, what what are we doing wrong? What are um what steps were missing? What is what what is wrong in the process? Why are we not getting any yeses? Yes. And we we found out someone through the through to Christian LeBlanc course that he was doing a collab um, mentorship. 
So we say like, if we want to do, if we want to really grow our business, also our mindsets, we need to invest as well. Mainly comes from here. I was more like close, like, no, let's do it ourselves and say, let's invest in this. And we invested in a, in a mentorship or on how to do collabs with, um, with brands and hotels. Yes. Yeah. So I think was one of the best investments we did because, um, ever since then, ever since then yeah, we, we know how to, how to pitch to brands, to hotels and, uh, because it reduced the cost to make a, a full-time video or if when you go when you go uh, on, on a trip somewhere else where you have to stay on a place, it really helps you so much. Yes, yeah. Yeah, collaborations have become an important um, part of our of the sustainability of our business. You know, um, paying, like yesterday, we went on a whale shark tour. Hopefully we get to go again next week because we didn't see any whale sharks. But that tour cost $500 for the two of us. It would have cost $500. We we can't be spending that because we know that we're not very. It's very unlikely that we'll make that back just for that one video. So that's why last year, at least we, in the short term, yes, at least in the short term. Um, but that's why last year we we said if we want to continue making travel content, we need to cut our costs. But we also don't want to fall in the bucket of budget travelers because we don't want to be budget travelers. To be honest, I don't want to stay in hostels. I want to stay in our own nice cushy hotel room and there's nothing wrong with that but in order for us to be able to do that we have to have these aligned collaborations with brands and hotels for the time being and I love what you guys said yeah. like circling back to like investing in yourself like that just I love that that's a theme because I totally feel that and and I think that like also investing in yourself um it's almost like stakes like you're building the stakes you know, yes, the more you exactly. invest in yourself, the more you're like being like, well, crap, I put some money into this. Got to keep going, you know. And I remember like when I put like the money down for this community that I'm in, I was so terrified. And like, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad because it, it pushed me. It made me take it seriously and like treat it like a business because it was like, well, there goes, you know, a lot of money. So got to, you know, got to make this work. I would say, in fact, um, Maria Forleo, do you guys know who she is? I've definitely heard her name. I've probably... She's a female business owner. She has a Maria TV, Marie TV. She's an interesting person, but she's basically one of her things is like, there's three things that you need to do if you want to have a successful business. And that one of the top ones is you have to put some money down. You need to create stakes for the business working, put some pressure on yourself, um, which is a bit counterintuitive Mm -hmm. to protecting your creativity, but still. I, I totally agree when you know we paid a lot of money for that course that Giovanni was just mentioning by, by Christopher Lau by um just by the way if anyone's looking to learn to collaborate Christopher Lau is wonderful but yeah spending that money made us take it very seriously and because we took it so seriously we saw immediate success yeah uh, we, we really put a lot of hard work into really fully taking in his mentorship and now we we see so much success in in um, the collaboration in, aspects of it yes like. but that's also because we spent a lot of money so the like you said there were real stakes stakes around that we weren't just you know there was also an ebook that we once purchased about collaborations but it was like 25 dollars. so we got around to reading it but it's not something that we like you know, yeah. whereas this course that we did, we spent a lot of money. So we really invested ourselves into it. And that's where we saw the change. That's oh. really, really interesting. And I'm going to touch on this because I know that like some people listening should be thinking about creating a product at some point. But one of the things that the um the guy, so I'm taking a course on how to make courses, which is funny. And he yeah. was like, it's a lot of people just like price their course. So like a hundred bucks, 400 bucks, whatever it is. 
He was like, but what you really want to think about is what amount of money would get people to fully commit? That's how you want to think. Oh, yeah. About it. Yeah. And, and it'll, also what kind of how what kind of money do you need in order to provide the um, feedback and support as well? Because a lot if you have like a you know $20 course, a lot of people aren't engaging in the first place, but then you get like thousands of people in there. There's no way you can have time for thousands of people. And you're not going to be able to follow up with them. So what's that price point that allows you to give that attention as well? And like, these are questions I never would have asked myself unless I had been prompted by this course, um, which another another good reason to sign up for a course. <laughs> yeah. so pricing yeah. is huge 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 uh, way of making sure that you actually invest your time so a hundred percent yeah and we can say like the 25 dollars spent versus the lots of money we've spent yeah. yielded very different results for yeah. us yeah yeah you make you make you make that makes you more committed yeah hundred percent to learn yeah. and to, to learn yeah, to follow through to put the the those things in action because you can be in the course and but if you don't take action on them you don't want to see the results yeah yeah would you guys be willing to like reveal some finances for people because i know that's like one of those things that people are always like wait well what would you be making at your subscriber level like what are the stats how how long did it take you to get there um our demographics are mostly um high gdp countries so united states canada germany the uk so if you go over to our channel, you'll see that we don't particularly have a ton of views um, on our channel, but we make a few hundred dollars every month, anywhere between like five to eight hundred dollars a month on the views that we're getting. So it's definitely not nearly enough to sustain our lifestyles. And that's one of the reasons why we are now working so hard to create all of this stuff in the background so that we can up our daily our daily earning capacity. Um but we, we were very lucky to just unknowingly land in a high GDP demographic. Yeah. Because if we were getting these types of views with um, a, an audience from Southeast Asia, uh, we would probably be making like $20 a month. Yeah. yeah. So it's not something that we actively chose. We didn't actually actively choose our demographic. It just kind of happened just yeah, because we're... of the content that we're sharing. But yeah. So yeah, that's that's yeah. currently where we're at around conferences right now. Yeah. So yeah, not not nearly enough in our lifestyles yet, but we do live on a very heavy budget and got a lot of stuff happening in the background to make this yeah. more of like a, a stable thing for us. And also very important when you are doing travel content creation or any content creation is looking for affiliates, looking for um yeah affiliate income affiliate income. So you can you can make an extra money. It's not guaranteed, but at least you can. But something very important with um also getting like affiliate affiliate income is you've got to come back to what the mission of your brand is. What what is the purpose for people watching your channel? If you are going like we've we've gotten people reaching out to us about selling nail polish. And I'm like, yeah, nail polish is cool, but it's got nothing to do with our demographic. But yeah, like I think with us also aligning with with companies that are useful to our to our followers also helps us to make additional money so we're also making a few hundred dollars it's 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 quite unstable yeah, it up, up and down. down but we're making a few hundred dollars every month by affiliate links so if we promote a tour that we've got an affiliate link from and people watch the video and are like oh i want to go on that tour and they buy through our link we also make a few hundred dollars through there but also not only that the the product or the service that you are promoting aligns to you it's also that you actually enjoy and and, and you can give a uh, honest review of 
what you are getting in terms of product or service because you can have the the worst experience of the worst product and just because of making an extra cash or making a, a brandership or uh, sorry a, a partnership, brand, a partnership mm-hmm. or or endorsement you're going to put your um authenticity, your authenticity yeah. like in, in authenticity yeah. is important when it comes to uh, we've seen a few channels promoting you know you you can tell they're just promoting everything Whatever. that's ever approached them and I think when you lose that trust with your subscribers, that's where that side of, of income can go very wrong. So what are your long-term goals for the channel? You're obviously creating some kind of products. Like, what are you guys thinking and how far out are you thinking? Oh, we're thinking long-term. Like, we don't ever want to work for anyone ever again. If we yeah, can maintain self-employment for the rest of our lives, that would be wonderful. We'd love to be able to grow for the road big enough to be able to to employ Giovanni's brother eventually because Giovanni's brother loves videography and he's got a real eye. Yeah. We we'd love to be able to to create a team. So beyond beyond the numbers, I mean it's always nice to see big numbers, but we would love to be real business owners in the sense that we have a team working with us. And we yeah. don't have this idea of having a big team of 30 people. I, I would say four to six people. Yeah, would be would be awesome but, and running a more well-rounded business where youtube is just an element of what we do um but yeah there's a lot of a lot of aspects that that go into for the road as a whole so it's like a very well-rounded big big company that reaches a lot of people inspires yeah. people to travel to mexico to move to mexico yeah. there's yeah. i think there's a point when when you're doing content creation or or a business itself where two two people is not enough. So we spend so much time in tasks that are vital, but we are putting some things on the side that is as as equally important as well what we need to do with like I don't know like pitching brands or I don't know like uh, account. I I do my own accounting here because we need to do our our taxes. So here you do it every month. So everyone I have to see and check all of these things and are simple tasks that takes you sometimes half of the day yeah I think I think overall aside from growing creating a business that can run with us only having to touch on it you know just for three or four hours a day that because we really want a family we really yes. really want to start having babies and stuff but we want to be able to be present parents and in order to do that as creating a business that um, can be run via our small group of of employees, um, I think that's the ultimate yeah. goal. And 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 also Spire. to be able to to employ people who otherwise wouldn't have a, a big chance. You know, like the, our idea with one day employing Giovanni's brother. You know, we wouldn't want to hold on to him forever. We would want to Maybe have him with us for two, three years, mentor him, guide him. You know, teach him everything we know so that he can go off and go and do his own thing. Yeah. And I love that. I, I love that you guys are dreaming and I'm inspired. And as you were saying all that, my thought was like, how has it been working and getting all these goals together as a couple? It has been a journey. I think learning to communicate well with one another and not attacking the other one and not feeling attacked Attack. is very important. There is the value of being able to say, okay, I think we need to talk. 
putting the computers aside, putting the screens aside and having full attention on one another and and sitting in a place of, okay, I'm sitting here to listen, to understand, not to defend myself, not to defend my opinions. I'm listening to you to understand where you're coming yeah. from. That is definitely not something that came naturally to us right away. It's, it's taken, ideas and grows. It's yeah, taken it's, a lot of very, very difficult conversations yeah. and a lot of um, self-reflection on both of our parts and a lot of us, you know, pointing out uncomfortable things within each other to get to a place where I think we've got a lot of trust in one another and a lot of trust in what the other person has to say and their opinions. And I think, yeah, I mean, there, there are always things that slight things that we disagree on, but I think the core of our business and our core values and morals and where we dream of, of taking this business are all aligned. Yeah. But that didn't happen overnight. So just to end, any other kind of advice or tips for beginning your YouTubers? Because, um, you know, beginners will always be your most hungry audience. Um, and I always feel like I really want to help people. Like, I just, I, you and I, like, you get it. Like, we went through where there was nothing like this, this resource. And I'm, like, so excited. I'm like, give them the tips. Give them all the tips. Yeah, all the stuff. Yeah. Number one, I think you've got to stray away from trying to watch everyone in your niche. When you're looking for for ideas on how to tell a better story, perhaps go to someone who, if, specifically now if you're a travel YouTuber, don't go look at the niche that you're in. Say you're focused on India. Don't go watch all those content creators. Go look at someone who's making vlogs on Iceland. On Iceland, Iceland. Iceland, yeah. And get a little bit of inspiration from them and go watch someone who's making vlogs on Namibia and go get a little bit of inspiration from them, but never copy. But there's that book. Uh, still like an artist I can highly recommend that that pretty much explains everything that I that I just yeah. spoke about um know, I would say sorry I've got one more thing. okay okay and know that YouTube is a long-term game it's not something that's going to make you rich overnight it's not something that you're going to be amazing at overnight it's something that takes time and it takes a lot of a lot of obstacles that you need to navigate through, a lot of tears, a lot of very late nights. But if you're committed to the long-term gain, you eventually, you will eventually see success. Yeah, and I, I would say, like, don't start YouTube full-time unless you have, like, a bit of a, a bit uh, or disposable income to spend on it. Because I, I would say if you go part-time YouTube, like, if you live in, a, per se, um, San Francisco, and then you start working on your audience there and start growing. I don't know, like, I, I wouldn't say, like, go 100% in YouTube until you start also making YouTube as your source of income and then start having more um, eggs in different baskets. Because I think if you go straight to YouTube full-time, you have your savings, you spend them, and then you see that it's not working, you're probably going to be quitting instead of making that, as Simon says, YouTube is a long-term Yes, long, and long. thinking, I think from the very beginning, if you can think of YouTube as not the only piece of the pie, YouTube is a portion of what will eventually become your full business model. Then you start to think, oh, okay, what can I do outside of YouTube that also makes sense within my niche and what value I'm trying to pro provide where I can also earn a little bit of money and start growing that a little bit. Because if you only got your eggs in one basket, if that doesn't work out, then you're going to be starting over from scratch. Yes. If you can start thinking in that in that headspace of YouTube is just a part of my business, 
I think um, long-term success is inevitable. Yeah. And keep your eyes open for opportunities. Like what I'm doing with this podcast, um, like I didn't know that was needed. How the hell would I know? I was so new to it. So keeping your eyes open for potential opportunities as well, because you have no idea what's going to come up. So how can people find you? Oh, so we are on For The Road Travels pretty much everywhere, but we mostly focus on YouTube. So YouTube would be the best place. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really, truly hope you found some value. And if you did, I would really appreciate it if you were to go onto your favorite podcast listening platform, such as Spotify or Apple, and leave me a five-star review. It really does help make this little show grow and we go faster when we grow together. See you in two weeks.